This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at Patreon.com. Modernity has abandoned the household gods, not because we've rejected the idolatry, as all Christians must, but because we have rejected the very idea of the household. We no longer worship Vesta, but we have only turned away from her because our homes no longer have any hearths. Now we worship motor oil. If our rejection of the old idols were Christian repentance, God would bless it. But what is actually happening is that we're sinking below the level of the ancient pagans. But when we turn to Christ in truth, we find that he has ordained every day of marriage as a proclamation of his covenant with the church. A man who embraces what is expected of him will find a good wife and a welcoming hearth. He who loves his wife loves himself. Excerpt from Angels in the Architecture, A Protestant Vision for Middle Earth by Pastor Douglas Wilson. Welcome back to Bright Hearth, everybody. Lexi and Brian are here wrapping up season two together, as usual. <laughs> hello. Yes, hello. How are you, babe? I'm going to try not to cough. <laughs> yeah, we've had what we can only describe as the strangest disease ever cross our threshold. I think it's, I think it's COVID. I'm pretty it's gotta sure. It's got to be COVID. There's to, <laughs> there, there are issues with the toes. COVID not toes. my toes. COVID goops in the eyes. It's weird. Yes. It has been weird stuff. And the thing is... Listeners, you know this if you have children and if you've been through pregnancy, you know, especially a couple times, the best time to get sick is the last month of pregnancy. The last month of pregnancy. (laughs) Because a sickness like this with these many people, this could last. That's what I was telling myself. I'm like, this could be it. This could be it. This could be it. But it's sunny today and we're feeling better, even though we don't all sound a lot better. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, as a pregnant American in the third trimester, you only have one lung basically capacity anyway (laughs) because of the baby. Taking up the other lung space. So yeah. this is anatomically correct, by the way. Uh, the yes. baby actually displaces a whole lung. And then you give that lung COVID or whatever, and it's like it's like a party. It's like a party. Yep. Well, we are wrapping up this season, season two of Bright Hearth. We've been looking at marriage as the heart of the productive Christian household. And before we leave you for this season, we really wanted to do two things. Number one, we wanted to give you a quick summary timeline, sort of logistical footprint of where we're going from here, when to expect season three, that kind of thing. And then also to just sort of leave you with our best marriage advice principles from season one, or sorry, season two here of Bright Hearth. And so first, let me kind of give you an update on where we're going from here. This episode, Lord willing, will come out on April 24th, year of our Lord, 2023, The next two Mondays after that April 24th drop of this episode will be dark weeks on Brighthearth for our main show. And that is really for two reasons. One, because it helps us to get ahead of on season three and make sure that we're doing a good job being prepared and setting that up for you guys to make it as helpful as possible. And then number two, uh, because we do have a baby coming right at the beginning (laughs) of May, (laughs) Lord willing. So believe it or not, I am not going to put a microphone in front of Lexi hours after giving birth, and ask her to podcast, no matter how much I think it'd be helpful to you guys to get the gist. It wouldn't be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably wouldn't be helpful for anyone. So we're going to take a two-week break there uh, before season three. That will not be a break from our Patreon show, uh, In the Kitchen, where we do shorter sort of bite-sized episodes talking about all sorts of practical things, a lot of household maintenance, management stuff, Uh, really runs the gamut on that show. If you sign up to support the show on Patreon, not only do you get the shows going forward on In the Kitchen, but you also get all of the back catalog. You can scroll back through, and there are like 50-plus episodes at this point of In the Kitchen. 
So if you're really bummed about those two weeks, sign up for Patreon, chip in, you know, five, ten bucks a month, help make the show possible, and we will loop you in on that show as well. I'm hoping to get through um, some of our children's books. We've had that requested multiple times, but mm. the baby used to nap where all the kids' books were, so it was actually yeah. hard to record an episode like that. But I'm gonna, um, we're gonna work through the, our kids' picture bookshelves. So mm, that should be really fun. We do get that yeah, question like quite that. a bit. In fact, we use that show often as a platform to answer lots of questions that we get commonly. So. You'll see season three of Bright Hearth, Lord willing, again, launch on Monday, May 15th. Let me loop you in on what season three is going to be focused on. And uh, we're hoping that it's that it's just a great, helpful season. It's going to be on biblical conflict resolution and peacemaking. Uh, the very first episode, we're going to explain to you at length why we believe this is an extremely important season of Bright Hearth that everybody needs everybody will benefit from if you listen and chew on it and apply these things to your life. These are issues we run into over and over and over again in our own lives as married couple, parents, the children of of parents, uh, living in a church community, dealing with vocational things. I mean, over and over in your life, especially if you're a Christian, you're going to need the tools to deal with conflict, with sin and repentance. This has bearing on literally everything related to the productive household your kids, your spouse, your boss. I mean, all the way up, all the way down. And most importantly, you and the Lord. Yeah. I was going to say too, as a productive household, like if you're a husband and wife truly wanting to come home to be productive together, you probably haven't had to figure out like workplace conflict resolution with your husband before. And now you're going to have to. So yeah, this is definitely very pertinent, I think. So true. This season is not going to be like 30 episodes long. We're going to do, actually do two short seasons, relatively short, like maybe, I don't know, eight to 15 episodes, somewhere in that range. We're still mapping it out, <laughs> but uh, it, it'll be on biblical conflict resolution. And then actually, I'm, I'm going to tell you what season four is going to be about because it actually has bearing. Is this the first time I'm hearing about season four? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. I think we've talked about it. I know I talked about it with Pastor Khan, but okay. anyway, well. sometimes me and Eric have these okay. sessions of Bright Hearts planning. Anyway. We're going to do a Q&A season. It's okay, going to you be did co- tell yeah. me that. Yeah. Okay, I thought I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do your top questions, probably top 10, and just do 10 episodes answering the most common questions that we get here at Bright Hearth. And actually through season three, uh, starting with the, the that first May 15th episode of season three, uh, we're going to start taking questions to a very specific email address, go through, compile the most common questions and the best questions, in our opinion, and categorize them down. And as part of that episode as well, we're going to do part two of our head coverings, answering a lot of questions we've gotten as a follow-up oh, to our head coverings. Yeah, episode. that'll be good. So one of them will be on, on those, because we've gotten lots of great, great follow-up questions on that topic. But it's, uh, we, I think that's going to be a really fun season. I don't, yeah, I like to hop around. Yes. Seasons really <laughs> they, they cramp tether your style. me down. <laughs> they cramp like sea style. So that's going to be a good one, because we'll get to talk about like 10 completely different topics. Yeah, that's, that'll gonna be, be fun. fun. So uh, through season three, we will be getting those questions in and sort of compiling and going through them. And we're really looking forward to the next two. Basically, these two seasons will probably be about the same length as season one and season two were on their own, just, you know, put together. So that said, let me make sure I'm not missing anything here of the highlights. So those two dark weeks, sign up for Patreon. You'll keep getting in the kitchen there. To wrap up this season, though, we would like to give you, as we, as we like to do when we've come to the end of a long investigation of one big topic, 
I'd like to sort of sum it up into some really big, practical, uh, theological, applicational ideas that you can put your, that have handles that you can pick up, carry around, apply in your life. Theology with calluses, as we say at New Christendom Press. Uh, and so we're just going to give you some of our best marriage advice. Uh, a lot of it from different threads that have woven through season two. But these are things that we think any marriage can benefit from, whether you've been married for 10 minutes or 50 years. These are the kinds of things that can really serve every Christian marriage out there. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, babe. So the first one, the first uh, you know sentence or two that came to mind for me as I was looking through our episode list actually comes from our second most popular episode of this season. And our first most popular was head coverings. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say sex. Was, okay, well. You know, believe it or not, it was number three, I believe. Okay. But, <laughs> That's funny. But number okay, two. Okay, I can see that about head covering. Okay. Yeah, okay. that one, definitely. people were sharing it, definitely discussing it. And that's why we're doing a part two on it for sure. But the second most popular topic, believe it or not, was actually on the glory of an unfussy wife. Interesting. Okay. Isn't that funny? The glory of, yeah. I don't know if husbands were like, kept sharing it. With them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, you know, Brighthearth says. Or ladies trying to get, yeah. be nice to their friends and say, hey, you should listen to this episode Great so I episode. don't outright offend you. <laughs> yeah, so true. Well, that's what that's our function, listeners. We like to say all the things that you wish you could say to your friends yeah. <laughs> so that you can just share the episode with them instead and be like, I haven't listened yet, but I mean, this looks really good. Uh, anyway, so... so <laughs> One of the best pieces of marriage advice that I think, and this is for men and women, I know that was about fussy wives, but is is basically just this idea that every single one of us needs to work on being harder to offend. Yeah. <laughs> like simply put, whether it's parenting, interpersonal friendship in church, you know, vocational, if you're in ministry, if you're not in ministry, I mean, just simply stop being so dang easy to knock over and offend. And the way you do that is by being lower maintenance about pretty much everything. Yeah. I was just talking to Daphne and Cyril about that because we were reading uh, Sir Bat-A-Lot. And oh, yeah, I the was cranky, asking, dragon. Yeah, I was asking them if we wanted to have a heart that's easy or hard to please. And so, yeah, and, you know, most parents don't parent anymore. So I can easily see why an entire generation has grown up without just this basic understanding of reality that your life will be better if you're low maintenance. So true. Yes, it, and it's so easy not to be because this is part of our sin is it makes us into gods, like we want to yeah. be little gods. And we just think, we have this, I know I say this all the time, but the, the line of thinking is like, I'm a god, gods are worshipped, why is this person not worshipping me and instead they're offending me? Okay, so that's what I was going to say is in the context of marriage as a wife, what this means is you don't have to open your mouth. Yeah. Like for every thought you have, maybe share one, maybe. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. So I just want to leave with really practical because sometimes it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll be lower maintenance about my preferences. And it's like, no, about everything. Don't be yes. easy to offend. Don't be bossed around by your emotions. Don't be bossed around by your friends and their worldviews and yeah. all that stuff. So, yes. Unfussy wives are glory. Uh, when a husband just knows that he's going to come home and the normal situation he's going to come home to at the end of the day is a wife who is cheerful and she's not bugged about some text message that he didn't answer during the day or, you know, that he didn't, maybe he didn't, you know, remember to take the trash out in the, that morning. and Or and, that she's stable too. I think that's another one is like yeah. that he can know. It, it might be a little chaotic. We have a bunch of kids, but dinner will be on the table. Yep. I will have clean clothes in the morning. 
I'm not going to have to coach her through this five out of seven nights a week. Yeah, he can trust her. Yes, he can with trust her, her duties. That's right. Yep. Husbands on the same kind of husbands who are sturdy, who are not not. So if your wife does have a bad day or she is, you know, she failed her test that day and she fussed or she was, you know, annoyed and didn't handle it with grace, but just got in a flash. And if he is immediately knocked over every time that happens and and, and can't be trusted that that members of the family, his wife, his kids can run into him and he's not just going to be knocked over. He's not all his bricks are going to collapse there's going to be rubble everywhere and he's going to be in a bad mood for the, you know, like husbands who are a wall, as we've said, are a glory who have that self-control. So so first, like biggest marriage tip, this is something all of us are working on probably till the day we die, honestly. Some of us are more naturally inclined towards being easy to please and some of us are more higher maintenance naturally, but it's not an excuse either way. We are called by the Lord to lay down our preferences, to lay down our lives even for one another, and that does require that we are hard to offend. We're going to actually talk about this in uh, season three a little bit, but you know, I think Doug Wilson, I don't know if he came up with this, but he talks about the three C's of how you can respond to con- to a, a problem with by confronting it, by covering it, but not by complaining, the three C's. So be hard to offend. This episode of Bright Hearth is sponsored by Garlands of Grace, which is a wonderful Christian company that offers a variety of very versatile head coverings, head wraps, and headbands for sale for women and girls. They're very versatile. Uh, you know, whether you're head covering for uh, 1 Corinthians 11 reasons or just looking for a pretty and feminine head covering, they've got you covered. Babe, why do we like Garlands of Grace? I really liked Garlands of Grace because when I was first trying to um, recover this call to head cover, I didn't necessarily want something that was super trendy and that everyone else was doing. Um, and I found their pieces really feminine and timeless in a way that uh, just a lot of other coverings that you could pick up at Target or on Amazon just weren't. And they are very quality. And if you are a mom trying to cover in a pew with wiggly children, you know how hard it is to actually keep a head covering on. Yes. And I really like their volumizer brand, uh, bands that are velvet, and they stick to your head, and I have had no issues with them. So, yeah, I really like them. And they're a sister-owned company. Yeah, Christian-owned, sister-owned, and they're all made in the USA. So a great company to support. We would uh, commend you, husbands, if you're listening. Go check this out as a thoughtful gift for your wife, for your daughters. They have head wraps for uh, ladies as well as little girls. And they've got a whole lot of different styles, a lot of different beautiful colors, and a really great quality company. So we're glad to have them as a sponsor for this episode of Bright Hearth. And uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode, and we hope that you'll give them your support. The next one that came to mind for me again as I'm going through this, that just is like an evergreen principle, best marriage advice I could ever give, whether it's to newlyweds or people who've been married for 50 years, is simply to outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. To, to be thinking about how can I bless? How can I please my, my wife? How can I please my husband? How, what do they need? What, what, you know, as much as I'm annoyed often, what are their love languages? <laughs> And then lo and behold, every man is word of words of respect and physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like crazy, <laughs> crazy weird how they got that one right. <laughs> Anything practical that you you know that comes to mind for you outdoing one another and showing honor ways that you can 
really lit. Because a lot of people hear that, they're like, okay, of course I want to be the type of spouse that does that. How do you how do you build that into your life every day practically? I think I always think of the Farleys when it when we talk about this type of a thing because of at least that's that was first where I came to understand from them like really studying your spouse and I remember yeah. um, her telling me like you need to go read The Hobbit for your husband. <laughs> oh man, that's a t- and I, that's and I, a, I think she was talking about funny. how she was learning about whiskey or something and so just. I mean, obviously there's respect, like learning how they um, receive respect and stuff like that, but also just like knowing your spouse, knowing what they like, being interested in what they like, being an interesting person to talk to also I think is a good way to honor, which is weird to think about, but it really does matter like whether or not your spouse is receiving like intellectual satisfaction in your relationship even or is he going to other men? Is that why he wants to spend more time with other men? Because all you want to talk about is the mall. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if that's where you were going with that, but no, that's what I, I always I, think of. I just wanted to know what you thought. Like, uh, when you're thinking about outdoing one another and showing honor, it's an abstract principle Yeah, in some ways. And so you have to, like, give it handles and, and land it in your life. So it's like... I think it can also be as simple, though, as... Uh, I think I heard, like, Paige and Todd say this once about how... Um, like the first shall be last. So you want to be the first, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So you want to be the first to serve. And I, that's that little phrase is kind of always stuck with me of like, well, that means if I'm just thinking about like this week, if someone is, if a child needs you in the middle of the night, are you practicing being the first or the last? Are you getting up to serve immediately? Or are you kind of like, Hey, get out of bed, honey, get out of bed. I was up last (laughs) night. Like that doesn't, that's not actually showing honor. You're, you're still just trying to put yourself first. And I think that's important because in a productive household, there are so many needs of people and just things that need to be done that it's like, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the boys earlier. If you're grumbling, well, at least I was, I guess like you can't, if, if you grumble about every single job, you won't have a job. Like you'll get that's fired true. from your job. <laughs> yes. So the same sort of thing in marriage, like, you're just going to be a really sucky spouse if you if your husband or wife has to like harangue you into doing anything yeah. with a cheerful attitude. I think one of the best ways you can honor your spouse is just being a cheerful person. Yes, when you're thinking about the flesh and the works of the flesh that are evident, Paul says, they are all about the self curved in on the self. That's how Martin Luther described sin as homo incurvatus, I think incurvatus in se, which means the self curved in on the self or man curved in on himself. Yeah. And the idea is that sin is going to continually make you want to just outdo yourself and showing honor to yourself and, and make everybody else outdo themselves and honoring you when Christian love. And if marriage is at its heart, you know, like one of the most potent expressions of Christian love out there, then it's especially going to be important in marriage is that if you Christian love is the self curved outward onto another self, it's the self curved upward to God. It's the self-curved outward to others. It's laying down your life. It's thinking practically. Again, you said studying your spouse. Yeah. What makes my spouse feel honored? I better know that. Like, I'd better figure that out. Yeah, and pretty much everybody is served, like I already said, by a cheerful attitude. Yes. Cheerful person. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, outdo one another in showing honor. That's just a direct quote um, from Paul in Romans, but it's one of the most important marriage principles that I think every one of us needs to internalize and consider often and sort of inventory how am I doing at that. Another piece of marriage advice that, again, this is 
perennially comes up in questions that we get. They're related to the marriage bed and sex. And I'd kind of sum up a lot of our uh, biblical counsel surrounding the the Christian marriage bed, really with the idea that it's it's outdoing one another and showing honor applied to the marriage bed. But you could you could put it like, make sure that you're cultivating a joy and a desire for your spouse, that you're cultivating a love for the sexual relationship with your spouse, where you're actually thinking about this and thinking like, how can I cultivate my desires and channel my desires? And really, you know, a lot of times we think about sex only in terms of sexual sin, like how can I sort of stamp my desires? But in Christian marriage, we're actually trying to, in a sense, inflame our desire for our spouse in a holy love for our spouse. And so I think that's a, a for men and women is to uh, love the marriage bed with your spouse and cultivate that. Yeah, I like what you said that a lot of times we're kind of just trying to run around putting out sexual sin fires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While like ignoring this one big, huge bonfire over here that we should be stoking. Yeah, exactly. And on the other hand, that that requires us, and this is the second half of this piece of advice, is that you must hate sexual sin. Yeah. Like you yeah. must be cultivating a hatred for sexual sin and cultivating the correct love. Christian sanctification is about ordering our loves properly so that we don't love sin and, and hate righteousness, but we love righteousness and we hate sin. I love this quote from Reforming Marriage. <laughs> Doug's, Doug's got a lot of airtime in this episode. It's because he's got a lot of good stuff to say about marriage. He says, Christian men ought not refrain from the sexual pollutions that surround us because they object to lovemaking. They refrain because they object to the wanton vandalism of it. Our culture is doing to sex what people who chew with their mouths open are doing to food. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> I was like, that's such a good quote. I've got to work that in. That's great. So love the marriage bed with your spouse. Outdo, the, outdo one another in showing honor. How could I be the sole source of sexual satisfaction for my spouse and my spouse alone and hate sexual sin? Put it to death. Total war with it. Don't let it, don't let it creep in. No peace with pornography. No peace with uh, emotional affair. No peace with any of this stuff. We hate sin. We love righteousness. Another sentence that I think is really helpful that we we talked about early in the season and we've brought up several times is that uh, in marriage, you're, you have to understand that your marriage and your household actually needs a mission. That you have to come together and make sure that you're pointing your household, you know, in the big picture way at what God has said householder for, to demonstrate the gospel, to provide godly offspring, you know, all, see the Westminster Confession, we could say. But but not only those big picture ways, but down to the practical. How am I skilled? How has the Lord made me? What time are we in? What vocation do I have? How many children do I have? What kind of church family are we in? And how can our marriage be pointed at this mission that's bigger than just the marriage itself? So that the man isn't making his wife the mission, and the wife isn't making her husband the mission, but that he is leading the family and pursuing a clear, distinct household vision, and that she is, with all her might, helping him in seeing that mission through. Yeah, I think this is really important because as you as you start to see older people who have never had this mission, you, I mean, it's sad, but you see how wasteful their time, their resources, yes, their money, like there's so much waste involved at the end of a person's life when there has been no yeah. mission. Yes, that is, that's actually such a good point. That's really sad. It starts to come into clarity mm-hmm. that you're like, 
wow, you don't actually know what your house is for yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Like you, sometimes they make it like, oh, it's about building the retirement account so we can retire. Mm-hmm. Well, then your whole goal is just for the last 10 or 20 years of your life to have a certain financial shape. Yeah. That's not a mission. Yeah. I think too, if you see like women that are driven by their fears and husband that are husbands that are driven by the wives, like making the yep. wives the yep. mission, you see, you kind of see the mission change a lot. Mm-hmm. Which which a change in mission is also a lack of mission because there's a lack of faithfulness to anything. So yeah, you just it's it's very it's very sobering for sure. It is. It, see. It, so we need to be thinking practically like what is my marriage for? What is my household for? How do my kids fit into this? What as I get older, how does this mission going to see them through to Christian fruitfulness in their adult lives. Yeah, and I think this isn't complicated. Like, you can add a lot of those other questions that you asked, like what kind of church. Yeah. Forget what else you said. <laughs> That's but, okay. But, like, the basics are if you're married, what do you want the end of your marriage to look like? Yep. What do you, you want die. your kids to look like? Um, what What do you want your walk to Christ with Christ to look like? Start there. And then all of those other things will make themselves more obvious. Yep. So this isn't like you get to go create your mission in some ways you do your husband's sure. vocation as a yeah. wife, a husband can, you know, jump around from vocation to vocation with wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah, Your vocation can change without your whole mission changing. Correct. Correct. That's what I wanted to say was, yeah. So then, and cause it's the Lord that is giving you your mission. So yes. you don't have to go create it. So figure out in his word, what is your mission and start there. Yes. Yes. Related to this as well. Uh, I would say that it's important to remember one of the principles we talked about in this season, which is to be sure that you do what only you can do. Because there are things in your household and in your mission that if you neglect them, it's not like somebody else can effectively do them. So when you have a mission established and you're thinking now, and actually this is one of the things that only you can do, man, it's like setting setting a mission for your household. You're called to do this. You're called to lead your family. And so... Uh, once you do that, though, there are going to be aspects where it's like, well, my kids are not going to end up on my last day of my marriage. It's not going to look like what I want to aim at if I don't do certain things. Yeah, that's true. Same as a wife. Yeah. It, you know, again, back to one of the other things we said about the marriage bed. For example, one aspect of your mission should be lifelong faithfulness to your spouse, your marriage mm-hmm. covenant. Then on the last day, you want your marriage to have done what God said that it was for in our cold open. We reference this uh, a little bit that every day of marriage is supposed to be a proclamation of the covenant of God with his church. And there's faithfulness. There's a tenacious, unbreakable faithfulness at the heart of that covenant of Christ with his church, his bride. So practically, if I'm going, if there are things, in, or if that's what I'm aiming for with my marriage on the last day, there are things that I need to do as a husband that only I can do in terms of my sexual fidelity to my wife. Yeah. Things that only she can do. I think it's important too to note that a lot of the seasons that will make up a faithful covenant long-term are mm-hmm. long, boring seasons. Yes. With very little like excitement in lots of different ways. And that, that that's like the testing point then of the covenant faithfulness is yes. are you giving up and seeking you know, sexual satisfaction elsewhere, or, you know, you're bored with your spouse because they're getting older. And so now you're just going to take up all these hobbies without them. Like, no, there's still a cultivation that needs to happen in all those different seasons. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a plot. Like we're going to be, 
moving in the same direction. The goal is like plotting. A lot of people think is doing anything slow. That's not actually what plotting. Plotting is about moving in a very particular, uh, thoughtful direction slowly mm-hmm. and consistently. But so, you take a lot of ground over that time. Over that time, yeah. It's about, but you can't effectively plot unless you have the mission, the compass yeah. bearing. Yep. And uh, you can't effectively plot unless you do what only you can do. Uh, related to this, um, to- this is related to one of the early ones. I actually skipped this by accident. But I think one that we need to make sure we mention, a principle for marriage, this is a ditch that every marriage can be tempted to fall into, it, it, but that we need to fight with everything we have, is that we cannot make our houses bartering economies. Our houses are economies of love, that giving away of self for the sake of others and the mission that God gave you. They're not bartering economies where I'm trading like my faithfulness is contingent on my wife doing for me what I want her to do for me. And then, okay, and then I'll be faithful. No, it's like there's covenant. You're faithful to the covenant. Yeah. You don't like trade dishes, you know, in the example we've given us, you don't trade dishes for sex. That's don't, in neither direction should you be doing that. True. Agreed. 100% agreed. Thanks, babe. (laughs) (laughs) I knew, I knew you had my back. And the final point, and this really connects us, links us like a train car to the next train, really to the next season, is that every marriage, everybody in a successful, fruitful Christian marriage needs to master quickly confessing and quickly forgiving sin. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just no other way around it. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, I love that uh, analogy, Pastor Toby. You've shared it before, like the bread versus, you know, the stinky trash. It's just... And your your conscience is so much clearer. You have so much more joy. Yeah, it's just so much better. It really is. Can you explain the bread versus the stinky trash metaphor? Because oh. that's not how I think about it. Oh, really? That maybe illustration. I'm, okay, I might have like misremembered what you but said. But I'm, in, I'm now interested <laughs> to hear. I think I know what you mean, but I just want to make sure that we're okay, all Okay, well, I think he said, like, imagine a house where somebody is baking bread. And you have two different types of family, one that's like picking up all the trash and dirty dishes, cleaning up after themselves so you can smell the bread baking versus the family that is just like leaving everything a mess and you just smell the trash over the bread. Am I misremembering this? I don't remember the bread <laughs> being involved in this metaphor. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, really? but Hey, no, not at all, but I like it. <laughs> I think of it as the hoarder house illustration. Where it's the one house where what they pick up. What did he actually say? He probably said what you said. I just don't remember it. Okay, way. well. Because I've, I've reused this in sermons several times because it's such a good analogy. Yeah, it's it like, is good. That's what repenting of sin is and yeah. confessing and forgiving. It's picking up garbage. Like you're going to have trash in a house with people in it. Yeah, you just, you will. You're going to snap. And I think it's been helpful for me. Like I, I think it was even maybe in that episode with Pastor Toby and you guys on the King's Hall. It wasn't about marriage oh, okay. necessarily. But he was, it was so helpful to hear from somebody like him who we greatly respect. We've seen their family. We, we just see the fruit and we respect it. That he was still saying like, Jesus came for sinners. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. So don't forget, Brian and Lexi still have to confess sin. We All the time. St- and we're not, this is not in like a, I don't, I don't like the whole, well, you got to be authentic, air your dirty laundry. That's not what I'm trying to do. If you're dealing with sin, you shouldn't have a lot of dirty laundry to air. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of what we're saying. But it is still a reality that we snap at our kids and have to ask for forgiveness, that we're impatient with one another. And I'm a disrespectful wife sometimes, and you are perfect all the time. <laughs> no, that's not true. Absolutely not true. <laughs> Brian is very rarely a turd, but 
That is, I, but I am. Probably not since 1992, though. 92, I was only one. <laughs> Actually, I, I've seen home videos. You've been turd since then, but totally. not in a marriage. <laughs> Anyways. You're sweet. <clears throat> so it's just a helpful reality to not like panic of like, oh man, I feel so bad that I had to repent like five times today to my kids. It's like, yeah. well, wouldn't you rather that than the stinky garbage everywhere that everybody obviously sees flowing out of the trash can? They know it's there. Yeah, everyone knows it's there, including your friends. So pick it up. <laughs> so just deal yeah, with it's it. It's like there's two ways to have a clean house. Yeah. You can never make a mess. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to say no people are allowed in <laughs> That's it. true, like legalism. And, and no when people, and yeah. we'll have a clean house in glory because we won't sin anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's actually a bad way. That's wonderful. When we're glorified... There will be no more messy houses because we'll yeah. all, but the other way is to pick up your trash. That's yeah. confession. That's forgiveness. That's repentance. That's the topic of season two, basically. I feel like this well. went on a weird rabbit trail. It really did. But <laughs> I like the bread baking edition. I think that really, you know, Maybe brings it was a it domestic home. element I added. I don't know. I bet if you rolled the tape back, Toby actually did say okay. that. And I just don't remember that aspect of the illustration. So. Everybody, thank you so much for listening in on season two of Bright Hearth. We hope it's been helpful to you. We look forward to picking up with you in on May 15th, 2023 for season three, where we'll be dealing with biblical conflict resolution, peacemaking. And until then, you can join us on patreon.com slash brighthearth, where we will be sharing in the kitchen episodes just for our patrons and supporters. You can also get a sweet Feed the Patriarchy mug with most of the tiers as well if you sign up today. Uh, but until then, the Lord be with you and bless you, cause his face to shine upon you and your households, and we'll see you next time on Bright Hearth.